Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the 2022 season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby. Is it over yet? Oh, no, 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 no. Not the game. This season. The 2022 Saints season. Is it over yet? Because it sure feels that way. Welcome in to Inside Black and Gold. My name is Jeff Nowak, WWL digital sports producer. And we are going to talk about that train wreck that we all just unfortunately lived through out in Pittsburgh. And man, that was rough. I'm going to go off on a rant here. So enjoy that um, as much as you can. The second half of the show is going to be a live mailbag. So we're collecting questions throughout the first half, and we're going to dive into them in that second half. But yeah, I mean, just to recap that game, just imagine a train on the tracks, just kind of tooting along. Not very fast because it's not doing that well to begin with. You know, it's it's missing some key components. But, you know, you can still get on it. You can still ride it around. Still got an engineer in the front. And then about, you know, halfway down the tracks, it just, just flat out just falls on its side and just bursts into flame. And that is a pretty accurate description for what happened to the Saints in Pittsburgh today. You know, it was a cold weather game. Maybe that played a role in the fact that the Saints team never seemed to get off the bus. But, you know, I, I think it's really just more of the same of what we have seen from the Saints team all season, right? I wish I could say I was surprised by the beatdown that was put on the Saints today, and I can't say that I am. Um, the Steelers won 20 to 10, and I've had a few people say, well, it wasn't on the defense. Anytime a defense only allows 20 points, the offense should be able to get it done. And while you're not patently wrong, I'm not giving the defense a pass in that game. I mean, it should have been 26 points, right? The Steelers kicker could not make a field goal. That doesn't mean the Saints played better. 
just means that the Steelers kept them alive in the game and the Saints were still unable to take advantage of that. I'm not giving the defense credit for that. (laughs) They didn't do anything to make him miss those field goals. They just missed. Now, where this defense really let me down in this game, specifically, Blake Gillikin goes out there and lays a 58-yard net punt. You were still tied 10 to 10 at this point. And not only do you not force a three and out, do you not get a safety? Do you not get a turnover? Do you not make any impact play whatsoever? You allow them to drive all the way downfield for points. Yes, this is on the defense. This is also on the offense. This is on everybody. But you knew you were going into that game without half of your offensive line. By the end of the game, you were missing three-fifths of your starting offensive line when James Hurst went down and you replaced him with Landon Young. So you knew that you were going to have a difficult time on offense. You did. And you needed the defense to take control of this game, to harass Kenny Pickett, to force him to make mistakes. And while you do have to give them credit, they did get six sacks, one of, you know, five plus one gift for Cam Jordan at the end of the first half. They didn't play well. I mean, they should have had 10 sacks in this game. Seriously. Like, Kenny Pickett ran them ragged the same way Lamar Jackson ran them ragged. And when it's Lamar Jackson, you can get on board with it. When it's Kenny Pickett, you just can't. You can't let that happen. And, you know, you you needed the defense to step up, and they did not do it. There was 10 penalties. There were six penalties that allowed a first down, right? You cannot give the defense a pass in this game. You can't give Andy Dalton a pass in this game. You can't give the play calling a pass in this game. I mean, you can probably give the offensive line a pass in this game because none of them were there. If we want to, you know, rake Calvin Throckmorton and Lewis Kidd and Landon Young over the coals, go for it. I'm not going to do it because they're the backups. They're not supposed to be in there. It, it is what it is. It's just, it's a question of what do you do at this point, right? Like we're going to continue to hear throughout the week from these players, from the team. Okay, you know, we're still alive. We're only a game and a half out or two games out, whatever. Five and five is the best record in the NFC South. That's the Bucks. You know, the the Falcons are four and six. The Panthers are three and six, three and seven maybe. You know, and 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 the Saints are three and seven. And so, yeah, sure. You know, mathematically, you're still alive. Mentally, you are dead in the water. Like you cannot look at this team and say, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I can see how they turn it around. Like, yeah, mathematically, you're still in it. But if you can't beat the Steelers, if you can't beat this Steelers team, a team that has not scored a touchdown of more than eight yards this year, and you just got just manhandled by them. They ran for over 200 yards. With Jalen Warren and Kenny Pickett and Najee Harris, who hasn't been able to run on anybody, they just beat you up. And I just, mm, I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> Here's what DA had to say on the kind of situation the Saints are in uh, after the game. Well, look, I mean, when you get in situations like, the, like these, you know, you, you have to fight your way out of it. There's no other way to get out of it other than fight your way out of it. And, uh, you know, this is where you got to lean on the, the leadership of the group. And uh, they got to pull us through. I mean, I agree with that, but I don't know if there is fighting your way out of it. I don't, I don't know if, if there is a solution other than burn it down. <laughs> you know, this roster has been teetering on the precipice of just being too old, not having enough playmakers at key positions, not having enough depth for a while now. Part of that has been, you know, leveraging draft assets and, and, not being able to bring in quality pieces in the mid to late rounds, right? Like, you know, Jalen Warren was a seventh round pick. You know why the Saints don't have players coming in where they're like, oh man, 
that was a steal in the late round. You know, think of Marcus Colston, Ryan, or sorry, Jack Streif, right? These guys who were late round picks and suddenly are like, wow, how did, where did they come from? You're not, you haven't been making those picks the last three, four years because you have traded virtually all of your sixth, seventh round draft picks. So you, you don't even have options at these skill positions to say, oh yeah, let's, let's give that guy a try. You know, he's not getting it done. Let's, let's see what this guy has to offer. You don't have any of that. You, you have, you have what you have. Um, but all that being said, I do think it's, it's going to be easy to blame Andy Dalton for this game. I don't think he played that badly in the sense that my expectations for Andy Dalton aren't that high. I could have told you going into this game that Andy Dalton's ceiling is, is below having to make up for missing three of his offensive linemen. So in that sense, I, you got to, I got exactly what I expected out of Andy Dalton. I thought he threw the ball reasonably well. I don't understand the decision to throw it up to Kevin White, but my bigger gripe is why was Kevin White on the field at all in that circumstance? Where was Marquez Callaway? Where was the guy who you actually trust to go up and high point a ball? I don't know. Where was Chris Olave at that point of the game? Why is he not the guy you're targeting downfield? Why is it Kevin White? So I put that on the coaching. I put that on the play calling. Sure, you put it on Andy Dalton, but that's his read and he's open and you put the ball up. Kevin White should have came down with that ball, but he's Kevin White. So all of a sudden the, the decision is questionable because of who you're throwing it to. That doesn't mean you shouldn't have thrown the ball. It just means the players on the field have to be better and the players on the field have to perform better. I thought it was a decent pass. I mean, you could say it was under throw and he gave him a chance, whatever. The defender made a good play on the ball. Kevin White didn't make a good play on the ball. The other interception got tipped out of Jarvis's hands. You know, either way, like these weren't bad throws. He was sacked twice. He extended a few plays. Those were my expectations for Andy Dalton. Just going to say it. But going into this season, my reason for not starting Andy Dalton, for not wanting to see Andy Dalton, was because of exactly that. His ceiling is low. Like, you know what you're going to get, but he's not going to make up for issues up and down the roster. He needs things to work around him to be successful. And that just hasn't been the case, right? And so you're looking at this and you're saying, okay, why would you continue to go with Andy Dalton? And, and, and you have fewer and fewer kind of legs to stand on as, as you go through. This is what DA said about the situation uh, at the quarterback position after the game, which but what it boils down to nothing. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get into that right now. You know, um, we just, you know, came off the game. We'll have plenty of time to evaluate where we're at in a lot of areas. Yeah. Now, while he didn't say anything there, this is kind of how DA operates is he will either give you an affirmative response or he will give you no response. And the no response is along the lines of being a, a no. That doesn't make sense. But you get what I'm saying. Like, if he was going to stick with Andy Dalton at quarterback, he would have told you that. And by not answering the question and, 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 and accepting the mystery... He is effectively saying, yes, we're going to reevaluate the quarterback position. At least that's my read on the situation. And I don't see how you could do anything else, mainly because nothing has worked. Nothing about this season to this point has worked. You know, so 17 of 24, 174 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. The Saints went three for 12 on third down. They went 0 for 1 on fourth down. They only had a third and five or shorter twice in this game. There was only two times, two of those 12 third downs were, sh- were of less than five yards. 
One of them was late in the game. They didn't even convert it because it was a third and one. And they slammed Alvin Kamara into the line. That didn't work. They slammed Andy Dalton into the line. That didn't work. And you turned it over. The Saints actually got the ball back in the same situation because Matthew Wright missed, a, missed another field goal badly. And so you had a chance and you went downfield, but you just don't have the dynamic playmaking at the quarterback position with Andy Dalton in there. And I just don't see any way you get around saying Jameis Winston should be the starter of this football team. Now, the question becomes, how healthy is Jameis Winston? Because despite what DA said, there is no way he is 100% healthy. That was a misleading way to describe the situation regarding Jameis Winston's health. At best, it was misleading because he's not Wolverine. He can't be healthy. Ruptured a tendon in his foot. It is a long recovery process. And him playing at any point the last few weeks would have been at something sub 100%. Now, the correct way for him to approach starting Andy Dalton would say, Jameis Winston is healthy enough to play, but we are going with Andy Dalton. Now the question is, is Jameis healthy enough to start? And not only start, start behind an offensive line that is not going to protect him. That's the question. I don't want to put Jameis Winston in a situation where he's going to get destroyed. And he is still dealing with injuries. Will he make them worse by getting blown up behind the line of scrimmage? I don't know. Like, do you, If you're a Jameis Winston fan... I'm not sure you want to put him in that situation. Even if you want to see him start, I don't know if that's the situation you want to put James Winston in. Even the most diehard Saints fan might question that. But I don't see how you go one more week without evaluating every single position on this team. That includes the coaching staff. Every single position on this team needs to be evaluated and you have to decide where you're going and what's worth salvaging. Because if you went into this season saying, okay, we can salvage what we have and turn this into a competitive roster with continuity by keeping the coaching staff, by maintaining these weapons and finding a quarterback who can get the job done and keeping DA as head coach and keeping Pete Carmichael as offensive coordinator and keeping Ryan Nielsen and Chris Richard and all these assistants and all of this. And your idea was, yeah, we can be a, we can be a playoff team. Well, that experiment has gone down in flames. And so you're reevaluating everything right now. And if you're going to tear everything down, I don't see how DA is your coach beyond this season. That said, you watch this game. And if you are a prospective head coach watching this game, if you are on the on the short list of someone the Saints might be calling, you want to you want to come coach this team right now? You, you, you want to walk into that locker room and, and say, oh, we don't have a first round pick. Oh, we don't have a we don't have a quarterback. Well, every, everyone's hurt. Every year, you know, the entire team goes down hurt. We have 17 people on IR. There's no young players. Oh, maybe like three or four. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm going to pass. <laughs> Anyone with options would not accept that job. You have to try to salvage things and put it in a position where it would even be worth coming in to coach this team because no one wants to show up. You know, keep in mind, firing DA midseason that sends a very difficult message out to the rest of the league. You know, you don't want to be the team that fires a head coach in his first year. It's difficult to even say second year. Like you have to really go down in flames to be fired in your second year as a head coach. Unfortunately, we're looking at a guy who was 11 and 35 as a head coach. So that's tough. But I don't think that you gain anything by firing Dennis Allen into the sun, as, as I've seen on Twitter. I don't think you gain anything from that. You have to fix the issues and see what you can salvage this season, but you have to make changes, right? You can't, you can't just say, 
oh, yeah, 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 we're going to figure this out. Run it back, run it back, run it back. Now, you have to make changes at key positions. You have to figure out what works and what doesn't. The situation you want to be in is, okay, we have young players. We're going to put them in. We're going to see if we can develop them. We're going to see what they have. You don't have any of those. So I don't, I don't know where you go from there. But, man, you look at the numbers from this game. They're bleak. Alvin Kamara, eight rushes for 26 yards, three catches for 19 yards. Taysom Hill, three carries for one yard. Ugh. And, and that's the thing is Kenny Pickett didn't even play that well. 18 of 30 for 199 yards. And you just could not, you could not do anything with it. You know, the defense just didn't have heart late in the game. The second week, you could say that. They weren't able to get the ball back for the offense. You get a punt delivered on the two-yard line and you're unable to even force force a punt on that drive. It's just ugly. And I, and I don't know, like, again, we can, we can keep talking about it. We're going to keep hearing about how the Saints are still in the NFC South race. And technically that's true. Um, but again, if you can't beat the Steelers, if you can't beat this team this year, I take that back. If you can't even be competitive <laughs> with the Steelers, right? A team that went to this game two and six and has the one of the worst offenses in the NFL, then what, what, what are we doing here? You know, like, why are we pretending that this is going to get better? Because it's not. Like, it, unless you make significant changes. And, and, you know, I'm usually the optimist here. Like, I don't like coming on in all black like it's a funeral and, and, and saying, like, this season's over. But, man, guys, this season's over. Let's be real. Like, the best you can hope for is to start playing competitive football down the stretch so that you go into the offseason with some, with some positive feelings and some idea of the structure of this team going forward. You know, I I don't know if that's going to happen. I know it's not going to happen if you keep running it back with with the same with the same structure you've had. Maybe, maybe, maybe you turn to someone else at quarterback, and suddenly there's there's this there's this kind of culture shift, paradigm shift, and you're able to win a couple games in a row and get on a streak. But I think in order in order to do that, you would have had to you would have had to find a way in in, in Pittsburgh and. I don't know. It's just it's just something that you you got to do and you got to figure it out. And I just don't I just don't know if, if this if this if this coaching staff and this this front office is going to be able to do it. Um, but yeah, other than that, things have been great. Things have been great. Again, you're listening to Inside Black and Gold. My name is Jeff Nowak. I hope you feel great after that long rant. Make sure to subscribe for more of that quality content. And <laughs> I'll be coming back with a mailbag to answer a lot of the questions that I'm sure have been very kind and positive toward the coaching staff and the players. Um, and we're going we're gonna to get into a lot of that. Make sure to stick around. I will be right back on Inside Black and Gold. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. This is the postcast edition, the uh, therapy session, if you will, to go over the Saints 20 to 10 butt whooping at the hands of the Steelers, the formerly two and six Steelers. I will say, I think this Steelers defensive front seven is very good. Um, I mean, I think that's just kind of a an AFC North staple, um, and it's just what you get when you when you face teams from that division. Saints couldn't block a lick. We knew they were going to struggle in that department, but I didn't think they were going to struggle that badly. TJ Watt is really, really good. They could not block TJ Watt. <clears throat> just, it's just frustrating. But this, this is not going to be more of my ranting. This is going to be a mailbag edition to go through some of your rants to get something, some of your complaints off your chest, right? And uh, I like to do this after the games because it's important. It's cathartic. And we're going to start with Mithra Pai. We'd, be, we'd be better off letting Kamara run the Wildcat. I think you'd be better off letting Kamara touch the ball. How about that? Like, you look at like what the Giants are doing with Saquon Barkley, and I get it. You don't want to overload a running back, but there's there's overloading a running back, and then they're giving him 11 touches in a game. You know, the Saints didn't extend drives, which, fine, you didn't get a ton of plays, so 11 touches, he did lead the team. But, you know, one of the reasons you didn't extend drives is because you didn't get the hands the ball into the hands of Alvin Kamara enough. <laughs> so I think I don't think those are mutually exclusive. But, you know, this team has proven week after week that they cannot incorporate Alvin Kamara into the offense in the way they need him to be to win games consistently. Why that is the case, I don't know. But they they should be doing a better job of getting him involved. No question. One more. This team needs more than QB. We don't have one on the team. I mean, this team needs a lot of things. Let's be real. This team needs a lot of things. I don't think there's enough team speed on defense. I don't think you have enough playmakers on offense. Your backup running back is Jordan Howard. And even if Mark Ingram is healthy, your backup running back is 33-year-old Mark Ingram, right? Like, Mark Ingram is still a competitive NFL running back. But, you know, where is the depth? Like, where are the good young players who you're bringing up, right? Like, you watch the Cowboys playing. Like, oh, look at this Tony Pollard guy that they brought in behind Ezekiel Elliott. Right. Like you, you bring in those players, you draft those players, you develop those players. Jalen Warren, right. He's an undrafted guy. Like where are these young skill players? Cause the Saints don't have them. And you know, outside of Chris Olave, the guy they brought in this year, which was a departure from your typical draft decision-making, right. They drafted Traquan Smith in the third round a few years back. And that's about it at the wide receiver position. Um, so I, I just don't, I don't understand this hesitance to use draft assets on skill position it's a team that's built through the lines and I get that, but year in, year out, it just doesn't seem like you have the pieces. And I just don't know how you change that without, without changing your philosophy in the draft. Saint should have made a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I guess I, I don't see how he would have changed the fortune of this team. The, I mean, this is not a competitive football team and it's not necessarily the, an issue at quarterback, right? There, there are far deeper issues with this team and I start with the defense. Like I, I, we can't always keep coming back to the offense, and I get it. Like that's going to be where where the noise goes a majority of the time. But the offense, 
was not the side of the ball that you expected to be dominant. You didn't. You expected the defense to be dominant, and they have absolutely not been an asset. The defense as a whole has not been a game-winning unit in all but one game this year. I don't know what happened in that. Maybe, maybe, maybe they they got hyped up because Alvin Kamara stood up in the locker room and they and they got the positive vibes and went out there and they kicked ass against a, a bad Raiders team. Um, because that that has not translated the last two weeks from the defensive side of the ball. The energy hasn't been there. And if you went into this season and told me that this defense was going to be average to bad, I would have told you blow it up. Blow the team up because if this defense is not going to directly impact winning games, you're going to lose a lot of games. And that's what's happened. Kyle Brister, if Dennis Allen stays, then Carmichael has to go. I mean, here's the thing. Again, the whole point, the whole idea behind hiring Dennis Allen as the head coach was you are maintaining continuity and you know, you're going to maintain offense coordinator, defense coordinator, assistance, like all these key positions you're going to maintain and so you're going to maintain Dennis Allen, who is comfortable with all of them and, and is good at leading those that group. If you're going to start from scratch and you're bringing in a new offensive coordinator and you're bringing in a new defensive coordinator, maybe, I don't know. I don't think you do that with DA. And, and, and I, I like DA as, as, a, as a guy. Like I, I just don't think he, he, he is able to lead a locker room in a way that, that you have to as a head coach. And, you know, it's, I, I, I like, it's tough to say that, but, at a certain point, you look at the results and it's like, you are what you are. You are what the record says you are. And the record says you're an 11 and 35 head coach. I don't know what you do with that. But the, the thing is, I think you do have to give him a chance to turn things around, right? I don't think you're just going to fire him because again, who are you bringing in, right? But I don't know. It's, it's frustrating. Kyle Brister, can you say Frank Reich? Yeah, I mean, there's going to be there's going to be options. Um, I mean. I think that there is a scenario where you turn things around, you start playing better. But I think at this point, it's too late in the season. Whether that happens or not, it's too late in the season. You have already you have already kicked that down the road, and you know, like you would have to at this point finish the season five and two to get to eight and nine on the year. You haven't won five games in your first ten. I don't think you're going to win five games in your last seven. Christopher Fava, the O line is bad. How are they going to block Aaron Donald? That is a good question. The only thing I can say is that the Rams offensive line might be just as bad. And I don't know if Matt Stafford is going to play in that game. Now, if you had, if you had gone to Pittsburgh and won this game and you would harass Kenny Pickett and you know, the offense struggled because your offensive line is in shambles, but you were able to put up 15 points and win a game 15 to 10, you know, like I go back to a game like uh, the Saints Jaguars in 2019, where you went in there with Kenny Bridgewater and you walked out with a 13 to six win. Right. I think you also won a game 12 to nine that year. Like if you were able to win games that way, then I would feel completely differently about, about this Rams matchup because you should be able to harass either Matt Stafford or John Walford in the pocket with against that offensive line. And if you can do enough and you can force turnovers and you can get sacks and you can, and you can continue to play in front of the chains, you can win games that way. But you you need the defense to do its part. So it's like, I don't even know. Like you're, I don't think you can block Aaron Donald. Uh, even with a full offensive line, I don't think you can block Aaron Donald. But the way things are going right now, it doesn't matter. Because you're not going to be able to stop the, you know, the, the Rams offense. 
I wish I had positive things to say. I really do. Christopher, again, we're so bad. I feel like we're the punching bag for other teams to beat. It, it really, it really does feel that way, doesn't it? You don't want to be the team that holds on to a losing coach to save face. What kind of message does that send to the players and the fan base? Yeah, I mean, I just think, what's the alternative? Like, you know, it's like you're just trying to get through a season at this point, and you're, and you're trying to and you're trying to maintain the locker room. And so, to me, that is the question. It's not about whether you think Da should be the coach of the team. It's whether the players think Da should be the coach of the team, right? And if they still do, and they still rally behind him, then that's your answer. If they don't, if you lose the locker room, then that's a different story. Um, I don't think he's lost the locker room. Now, I haven't been in the locker room today. (laughs) I don't know if that changes uh, in one week. I don't know if maybe the cold weather makes things more miserable, but it doesn't strike me as like a lot of sniping going on, you know, I think that this team is frustrated and this team wants to win games. I don't think DA has lost the support of the players. So that's why you, you keep the head coach, you know, sometimes you just have a bad season, right? Like that's, that's the thing is a bad season is, is, is not the end of the world. And if you fire a coach, every time you have a bad season, you're going to have a very rough time because you are not able to have any continuity and you are not able to build anything because every every time you struggle and go five and 12 i I still struggle to do the 17 in my head uh you know and then it's like oh gone jettison start over you know when you bring in a new coach and and a new scheme and a new and a new set of coordinators and then you try to rebuild the defense and do something else and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's difficult. If you go look at what the Giants have done the last several several years, you know, that's difficult, right? Because you're bringing in a new coach and things change and then the players have a new coach. And, you know, it, it, sure, the combination has to be right, but at a certain point, you got to let a guy build a, build a program. Now, in DA's case, it's a little different because he has been here. So it's not like, it's not like you have this, this complete overhaul. But if you bring in a new coach, it is a complete overhaul. Here's the other thing, and this is kind of, where I'm at with it is you can't tank this year. There's no first round pick at the end of the rainbow. So if, if, if you want to give Dennis Allen another chance, which I think is what's going to happen is you give him another chance at the beginning of next season. And you say, okay, let's see it. Let's see you turn this thing around. And you give him the first half of the season to make his case and to, to try to turn things around. If it works, great. Fantastic. If it doesn't, then that's the season you were going to have to tank anyway. And so you go into that season, and if everything goes down in flames and you end up with a top five pick, there's a sales pitch for the next head coach. But, you know, right now, I don't think you're going to be able to bring in anybody. And especially not someone who knows that if they struggle, you're going to you're gonna fire them into the sun. Uh, so that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. But like I like I said in in my opening rant, I think you do need to make major changes in how things are done and how you're operating. Um, because clearly there's a disconnect. Marianne Williams ring, we have a defense that does not create turnovers. It, it's baffling to me. I like there's a certain level of randomness in turnovers and and takeaways and and make getting that get, making them happen in big moments. But there's no there's no randomness to the fact that this team just does not generate turnovers. They had they forced one fumble today. They weren't able to get on top of it. There weren't any close interceptions, right? Uh, I don't know. It's it's baffling to me 
that this team cannot cannot generate turnovers in any meaningful way. And I, I, I mean, I don't know how you how you fix that, but it's it's very frustrating to watch. Yes, sir, fan. We just need to tank for a good second round pick. <laughs> I mean, at this rate, the Saints are going to get a pretty nice second round pick. <laughs> Adam M- Michelle's Michaels. Kicking the can down the street with bad contracts too. It caught up and now you have no youth and no tradable assets. I don't think those those two things are mutually exclusive in terms of assets and contracts because, you know, the Saints have never been a team that overspends in free agency, at least not in terms of bringing in other other players. Like they'll they'll pay top dollar for their own players, but you typically don't see the Saints just break the bank to bring in a free agent. They like to find the, the quote-unquote steals, you know, those guys that might be flying under the radar. Demario Davis is a good example. So I, I, don't, I don't know if the contracts and the assets are, are the same thing, but it's, it's more of a volume issue, in my opinion, where, for example, you traded the entire back half of your draft to go up and get Adam Troutman. Now, Adam Troutman has been fine, as a third round pick, a, a depth tight end, but he has not been, you know, a guy who you could now go back and justify. It, it, it's like, it's like, so you have a dartboard, right? And you have five darts. And instead of, and you just need to hit one bullseye. And instead of shooting five times at the dartboard, you said, okay, I'm going to give you four of my five darts so that I can take one step closer to the board. Now, you've still got to hit that bullseye. You feel more confident that being closer to the board, you're able to hit that bullseye more often than you would normally from the from the further back, right? But you still got to have the right aim and you've still got to, you know, get your form right and you still got to hit it. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I still can't hit a bullseye whether I'm standing three feet away from it or not. And so, like, that's that's the situation you have, right? But would it have made more sense to just stand there and take five shots at it? Probably. And you look at the depth now, and I think I think that approach in the draft is the bigger culprit behind not having depth, right? Like the Saints aren't without their first round pick next season because they signed a bunch of bad contracts. They're without their first round pick next season because they wanted to go all in for this year with DA. <laughs> and just like that dartboard, <laughs> they missed the mark. I think that was a good metaphor. I came up with that on the spot. But I think it's a it's 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 a good metaphor because that's exactly what's been happening, and I think that that is a big issue. And but you're right, it is it is how Mickey goes through the draft, and when it's successful, great. But I think over time, it has been detrimental to the depth of this football team and the long term prospects in terms of developing talent in house. Yes, sir, fan 02. Well, at least we got LSU going to the SEC championship. I agree. I'm excited. I enjoyed watching LSU this year. It, it's been a long time uh, since I've had fun watching LSU games, but it has helped make football weekends more palatable. Um, and I will be going to Atlanta to cover that game, so I'm excited about that. Uh, I was also in Atlanta for the last time they were at the SEC championship, and I was there for the Peach Bowl. I've watched a lot of LSU games in Atlanta. Kind of strange. Jay Jarrell, Tyron Matthew has been avoiding tackling anyone to the team. Think they'd sell some jerseys. No other reason to hire him. Local fandom versus on-field performance means nothing. Yeah, I mean, 
he has not lived up to the expectations that you had. I don't think he's been as bad as, as people want to say he has been. I just think this team has been bad across the board and, and he's, he's been a part of that. Let's see. Let's go for a couple more questions and then I will cut this off. Mitra, we go in more in the direction of the Jags. That's not what you want to hear. Well, we have, we have, we have an optimist, Frederick Wagner. The saints will win next Sunday and they will win five more games. You know, I actually don't think beating the Rams is outside the realm of possibility, especially if Matthew Stafford doesn't play. Because <laughs> if you want to talk about disappointing teams, we can talk about the Saints all you want. The reigning Super Bowl champions are right up there on that list. It's a little easier to palate, to stomach, because you obviously have a Super Bowl ring. It's kind of like when you watched LSU in 2020 and you were like, well, this is awful. But hey, at least we got that. But you know they're 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 struggling just as hard as the Saints are. Yes, sir, fan. O two big modern warfare fan. Cut the bullcrap, Jeff. These are the same players Sean Payton had last year, and we went nine and eight. So what gives? The players are not listening to Da. You know, I agree with that. Right, I've made that exact point. Is that like someone came to me on Twitter and was like, well, Sean Payton couldn't even win with all these injuries. And it's like, he literally did. Last season, literally had more injuries that he had to deal with. They set an NFL record for players started in a single season. They went nine and eight. So yes, it's like they they did deal with this stuff last year. And yes, Sean Payton is a Hall of Fame head coach. And if anything, all this season has reinforced just how good of a head coach Sean Payton has been and is. Whether losing games is a sign that they're not listening to the head coach, I don't know. But I don't I don't think that losing games and losing the locker room are the same thing. At a certain point, being bad enough just drives everyone insane. And you know, it, it, it's something you have to address and you have to change, make changes simply to reset the deck and 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 get everyone on on a level kind of field but i don't know if that's something you do mid-season i don't see how it would how it would fix things this season levon says go listen to the da interview he said he doesn't care if he loses the locker room go check it out well let's see because i think we have a good locker room um i think we have a bunch of guys that are fighters and and i think they're going to still you know fight and compete in the actual podcast, but effectively what he says is he was asked if the, if the, if he's worried about the fracturing of the locker room, he said, no. And he effectively said no, because the leaders in the room are going to take care of, you know, the, the leadership in the room. And he thinks they have the, the right players and Andy Dalton echoed him. And I don't think that he said he doesn't care if he loses the locker room. He said that, that he does not believe that the locker room splintering is something that will happen. Whether that's the case, I don't know. And and I've I've always kind of felt this about head coaching situations. Like no one benefits from firing your head coach midseason. Still, you don't. You do it if you have to. And I don't think that that's the case here. Now, if you get to a point where the players no longer want to play for the coach, and you see effort, and like you like Matt Rule, for instance, got fired after his coaches stopped. I mean, sorry, got fired after his players stopped playing hard. That is a different situation. I did think that you 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 got to a dangerous point late in this game where you see like man are they playing hard enough? Um, and I think the last two games at the end of the game 
there were some serious questions to be asked about those last few drives where you were unable to stop the team that you knew was running. But I, I don't think that I don't think that he is uh, taking for granted the the situation that he's in right now. Merlin John A. Bear Jr. The Saints are going to be bottom feeders for the next few years. Yeah, I mean, it's it sure is trending that way. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. It's it's really tough to figure out. Don Tomasino, Loomis and Da believe this team was good enough with Winston, so they traded our first round pick. Now they won't even put Winston in. Fire them both. Now, outside of that final final bit, I agree one hundred percent. If if you you made your bed with Jameis Winston as your presumptive starting quarterback, you you drove this thing into the ground with Andy Dalton as your starting quarterback. You should at least go like say your own course, stay the course you set, and put Jameis back in, assuming he is healthy enough to do so, which you have already declared he is. So I agree with that. I would be very surprised if you do not see Jameis Winston back on the field next week. Now, if it becomes a question of whether he can survive behind the offensive line that you can run out there, that's another story. But I think you 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 are 100% ch- making, making a serious consideration to putting him out there. And I would argue that it's the only, only logical course after watching what's happened the last two weeks. But all right, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of Inside Black and Gold, the post-game therapy session that I feel like was much needed. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we figured a few things out because the Saints surely didn't. Thanks, everyone who chimed in, who left a comment, who listened. Make sure you head over and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, Overcast, whatever, whatever they all are, Radio Public. I can keep naming them. Make sure to go over there, hit the subscribe button, rate and review, and uh, hit me up on Twitter at Jeff underscore Noak. Let me let me know what you think. Let me know what you want to hear. One of these weeks, maybe there will be some positivity, and I can stop just being so glum. But not not this week. Not this week. All right, y'all. Peace.